hosted by Mike, the big cheese. I just got done going through the entire Hell Rider record. I was expecting something, you know, similar to Gravedigger because with you and Axel, you know, both working on it, but I was completely taken back. It's nothing like anything Gravedigger's ever done. Yeah, that was the reason why we uh, did it under the name Hellrider because it's. Uh, I think it's totally different. Uh, I think uh, Gravedigger is more this true metal, classic metal style, and Hellrider is, yeah, it's... Uh, Dirty kick ass heavy metal and the good tradition of Motorhead or Monster Magnet or other bands. Absolutely. I mean, were these songs or ideas that you've had over the last 30 or 40 years that you finally got around to doing, or was it something relatively new that you said, you know, let's try something different because this stuff really wouldn't work in, you know, in the Grave Digger format? Yeah, the story behind that is uh, that we always had on the, on the Grave Digger records some motorhead uh, oriented uh, uh, stuff on the return of the reaper album and uh, we also did in the past on the hangman album a cover version of overkill and that fits very mike sorry it's okay you're back it was my wife calling <clears throat> and uh, yes we always had uh, uh, songs like uh, like uh, uh, overkill or on, on our records and uh, but uh, at the end uh, in 2017 Axel and I we decided to to uh, yeah make perhaps an all complete album with this style of, of music but on another on a different name and uh, we created the name Hellrider and uh, we had the logo at this time but we hadn't the time to compose or record anything and then the pandemic came and we had a lot of time because we can't play live. So now it was the time for Hellrider. Yeah. So when you decided to do Hellrider, did you take feel like this was just going to be a studio project and you were going to get these songs out and maybe do more down the road? Or were you looking to make this a whole other second band? Because, you know, for the last four decades, 40 years, Gravedigger has been your primary, you know, concern. Yeah, at first we, we thought, uh, okay, we only do a record, but during this uh, composing and recording of the record, we decided to do it as a full band, because it's, it's really fun. And uh, also with a few other guys, with Steve Russo and Timmy Breidabund, it was so much fun also to record the videotape, videos and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, now we prepared ourselves to play live too with this band. That's going to be great. I mean, here in the USA, we're starting to see, you know, clubs open up again, uh, venues are opening up again, bands are starting to go out again. Maybe not on, you know, big tours, but they're starting to play again. So we're hoping by the end of the year, maybe 2022, it'll kind of get back to normal. In Germany and the rest of Europe, is it still kind of locked down where bands are prevented from playing? Yeah, we are in a lockdown since last March, uh, since uh, 2020. Yeah. That's a long time. But on the other side, with Gravedigger, we are uh, planning a U.S. tour from April to May next year. So uh, let's pray for that. I hope it happens. I saw you guys the last time you were in New York when you played at Webster Hall for the skateboard marketing party. My God, it was incredible. So I, I'm hoping to see you guys live again here. Yeah, we too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. I mean, you have to be one of the busiest people in music because when you think about it, Eight or nine records by Gravedigger in, in 10 years. 
I mean, it's almost like an album a year. It's like the 80s when bands would put out a record and tour. Well, a lot of other bands go four or five years in between. You do not waste any time. Yeah, because uh, I, I reach an age now. Uh, next year I will be 60. And uh, my head is full of creativity and of music. And uh, I love music. Now I, I created my own studio. I built my own studio at home. I start producing other bands and mixing and mastering, recording my own stuff here in my studio. So music is my life. And if you can earn some money with that, that is, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, earning money is a big thing. <laughs> Hopefully that can happen for bands. Uh, but what you know is you've always worked around a lot of concept records. You've always worked around a lot of great themes, historical themes. And to me, it just seems like there's a lot of work that goes behind it where if you sat down and write a standalone song, it's much easier to come up with one three-minute idea. But when you write a concept record, you kind of have to balance the, the real history and the truth of what you're writing about, but yet also make it entertaining where each song could be separate than the whole record. That seems very challenging. Yeah, to, to write a concept CD is totally challenging, and it uh, took uh, much more time to write a Hellrider record. But on the other side, to, to write Hellrider stuff, it's some kind of, uh, yeah, breaking all the borders we have with Gravedigger. And uh, yeah, it, it's so much fun because you don't have to, to notice that or notice that. And uh, yeah, we are free. And in the moment, we're preparing four new Hellrider songs, all cover versions. And that will be fun, really, really fun. And But I don't want to tell you too much now. But uh, uh, it's really fun, so. And so do you plan on putting out another full-length record by Hellrider in the next year? Or maybe just an EP of the cover songs? Would I get no, into no, a Only an EP in, uh, before Christmas. No Christmas songs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's okay. I think we have enough of those. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so with Hellrider, I mean, you and Axel get together, you saw like around 2017, you come up with this idea, and because of the pandemic, it gave you the opportunity to sit down and start working on it and recording it. Do any of these songs go back to 2017, or was most of it done during the last year or so when, you know, there was a lot of downtime? No, there were no songs written uh, before the middle of uh, uh, 2020, and... Uh, it's all new songs. There's nothing left from Gravedigger sessions or, or something like that. It was all written from September last year to uh, November last year, and then we produced the album. And everything is written in this uh, during this time. Yeah. You know, you have a very distinctive voice, and when people hear it, they right away know Gravedigger. You went a little different with this with this album with Hellrider. You you know you added a little different touch to your voice. Yeah, because we play on a baritone guitar, you know, and this is five half tones deeper than the normal tuning. Ah. Okay, and that is, a, is the reason why it sounds so so deep and dirty, dark, rough, you know. And, uh, yeah, it, it forced my voice also to put it a little bit down, and that's the reason why it sounded more a little bit like Lemmy, an old drunken Lemmy or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, going to Gravedigger for a minute, I mean, you've had a pretty consistent lineup for quite a while now. Axel's been in the band, I think, since 2008, 2009. So does it help having consistency with the members of the band where you kind of know each other and know, you know, what, what person's like strong points are, the weak points are, and, and how to write around it? 
Yeah, at the end, it's a, a matter of respect, you know, <clears throat> because we are all farts, everybody in the band, <laughs> except the, the, the drummers. The drummer in Gravedigger is uh, 41, and the drummer in Hellrider is 70, uh, not 70, is 27. And uh, but the other guys are nearly uh, 50 till 60, you know. But uh, we have so much experience in uh, in the last uh, 40 years. Also, Axel or Jens. Jens is in the band now since uh, 22 years. And yeah, it's great to make music with this guy because everybody knows what he has to do. There's no challenge between us because there is a, a business model we have in, in both bands. And uh, yeah, we can live really easy with all this, this guys together. Yeah, it, it's hard to believe that it's 41, 42 years since the band formed. I mean, when, when you guys got started in like 80, uh, there really wasn't a scene yet. I mean, you know, the metal scene was just starting to develop. There were a handful of bands doing something a little different. There was a new wave of British heavy metal starting out with those groups like Motorhead. So you guys were kind of getting into a scene that really wasn't established yet. There wasn't a sound developed by a lot of groups. And you were there from the very beginning. I mean, did you kind of know where you wanted the band to go? And did you think it would you know, kind of last this long? No, never. Because uh, when when I started playing music, I, I thought uh, I die was 30 years old. Uh, that was a target, you know. Yeah. Uh, to live, uh, live, live short, die young or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then I was 30 and uh, I was still alive and... Uh, with 38, I stopped drinking and smoking and everything, uh, taking drugs. And yeah, and now I'm uh, f- uh, 59 and I love music. And uh, no, when I started with 18 years old, I never thought that, that I will be uh, doing music with 59. But uh, it came year after year and after year. And uh, yes, uh, I enjoyed it so far. I have so many brilliant experiences about my career. So uh, yeah, it's awesome to to that I that I had the gift to live this life, you know. Yeah, I mean you've seen the changes in the music scene. You know, it it went from where it was really heavy. Then there were thrash metal bands. There was hair metal. There was metal went commercial for a while. Then new metal came in. So many changes over the decades. I mean. I mean, I started a little experiment with Digging when you try to go a little bit more commercial and, you know, going into Hawaii, which was something completely different. And I love that demo tape. I'm glad it was finally put out on record years later. I mean, you kind of stood your course after that. When you came back as Gravedigger, you never changed again. You you know, you, you ran the same course throughout all those years. Yeah, in between, uh, in, in the year 87, we, we had a small break, more or less, with this, with this Digger album. Yeah. Where we changed the name and uh, changed the music a bit. But that was uh, that was healing, you know, that uh, because we need this break, because we lost the direction a bit, uh, and uh, the break forced us to go back to the essence of our music, back to Grave Digger Heavy Metal. And uh, yeah, I, I want to keep the flame burning with with uh, with this grave digger stuff as long as I can do it. And uh, I love when I when I grow up uh, as a as a as a young boy, I loved this kind of music, and I never want to play something different. 
Oh, I'm glad for that. You know, going back to like 86, 87, when you were talking about changing direction with Digger, a lot of bands did it at that time. You know, uh, Judas Priest changed direction. Ozzy changed direction. They were, even though they were more on a, on a higher level as far as stadium stores go, they all were looking to go in a more commercial direction. And it wasn't just you guys. A lot of bands did it back then. It worked for some. It didn't work for others. But most of them came back around to their original sound within a few years. Yeah, but I don't know why. I, I think everybody was watching the American market and uh, especially the European bands. And uh, the record company forced the bands uh, to do something they do, don't want to do at the end. And uh, like take Turbo Lover from, from Judas Priest. But uh, for us, it was a good time because uh, <clears throat> for we, we could concentrate to the, to the real music we want to play at this time. I'm and so yeah, yeah. It came after after a couple of years. We started again with Grey. True. You know, back then in the '80s, almost every band, no matter where they were in the world, like you says, wanted to concentrate on the American market. That was like where they wanted to make it break big. Now you go 20 years later, 25 years later. It's all about Europe now. It's all uh, Germany is the capital of heavy metal. Everybody wants to go to Europe these days. It's amazing how it's changed over the last few decades. Yeah, I think we have a good market, but on the other side, uh, it's it's a lot of American bands or around Europe. Uh, I think the main market is Germany, yeah. because uh, I don't know why, but the scene is very big here in Germany, especially also for European bands. And I think that a lot of American bands have a good success here, like Metal Church or or the guy from the prison now, uh, Ice Earth. And uh, everybody loves this band also from the American market. But uh, there are also other markets like Russia or South America. And uh, yeah, we are really present on, on the South American market and we have good sales there also in Russia. And uh, I, I remember in the 90s, it was the biggest market was Japan. And a lot of bands never known here in Germany or around Europe had big success in, in, in Japan. And then they came over from Japan to Germany, you know, and that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, today, like, you know, when we started out, there was no internet. We did everything, writing letters and sending correspondence and email. I mean, you know, sending tapes out. Today you have email, you have uh, social media. Uh, is it better today for a band, especially established acts from back in the day, to use social media to like promote their platform, or do you still kind of like to do it the old way? You know, I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm uh, really uh, enjoyed the time uh, beginning of the 80s uh, with all this uh, vinyl stuff, and uh, there was no internet. Nobody knows uh, anything about a record before the release. You know, nowadays you have to promote a record three months before the release. And uh, it was more culture. Music was more more culture in the past. Today, it's, it's with Spotify and all this stuff. It's more like fast food. Oh, I listen to this song. I don't, I don't like it. I don't buy it, you know. Yeah. Uh, when I see my son, he's 15 years old. In the beginning, he uh, when he was uh, 9, 10 years old, and he started listening to heavy metal, hard rock, he bought some CDs or he rented from the dad. Ugh. And now he had some vinyl, but at the end he's only he has a boombox, and he's listening, uh, yeah, Spotify the whole day. Yeah, that, that's the way it is today. I mean, I feel like the internet 
took a lot of the mystery out of metal and the bands. I mean, as a kid, I remember, you know, maybe there was a fanzine that you can get here and there. And you'd hear about a band and you look for that record in the store when it came out and you couldn't wait to go home and play it. And when the band, when you found out that that band was going to play in your town, you couldn't wait to go see what they were going to do live. Today, people go on the Internet and they see the videos, they see the live performances. That mystery is gone, like when the lights go out and that band comes on stage and you're just blown away by the energy that they put out there. That's what I, I think I missed the most about music from then till now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they, they asked uh, us several times, it's now in the last uh, six months, if you like to do a, a streaming show. But what is streaming? Yeah. Then you can watch a DVD. A DVD has more power than a streaming show, you know. Uh, I don't want to stay in my rehearsal room or on a big stage and uh, performing my music without any body around me, you know. It is uh, totally cold. You can't, uh, yeah, you can't uh, feel the energy. And you, if you can't feel the energy from the from the crowd, you can't uh, put your own energy on stage. Yeah, And that is, uh, I think that is the biggest difference between a live show and a streaming show. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because most of the world, I mean, hasn't been able to really see like a full live performance or, or been going on tour for over almost a year and a half now. I'm hoping that when it does start up again, that people start going out to the shows again. They start going out to the clubs. Maybe they realize after this last year what they missed by not going to the shows and staying home and watching the videos and it'll get more people out again. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, I hope that the people are really crazy if uh, uh, the show starts again. And that uh, I know that a lot of people here in Europe, they have so many tickets from the last years here uh, from shows here in, in Europe that they don't buy new tickets, you know, that is totally crazy. People have 10, 15 tickets for shows. Yeah? And if you announce a new show now, they don't buy any tickets. So we will see how the market is growing again and how will it be the difference between before the pandemic and after, you know. True. I know you said you have these shows coming up with Gravedigger in the beginning of next year. Uh, is it too early for, like, doing anything with Hell Rider Live yet? Is it too early to start planning because everything happening? Yeah, we, we are planning from month to month and we're moving shows, we're moving festivals. And we're planning like the U.S. tour now. And uh, but at the end, you don't know. There is another mutant, mutant, you know, from the yeah. viral and it brings uh, all the stuff back again. So we are doing all this in, a, in an empty room for the future. Nobody knows exactly what will happen, you know. That's very true. Hey, Chris, I'm not going to keep you. I know you're doing interviews all day long today, and I'll, I'll give you a little break between now and the next one. But what a great job on this Hellrider record. The Devil is a Gambler. I know we're probably going to get some new Grave Digger in the next year, maybe a new concept record. We'll see what happens. But I can't wait for you guys to get back out on the road, start playing live again, and for that U.S. tour to take place because I'll be there once again. Okay, thank you very much, Mike, and have a nice day. Yeah? You too, Chris. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.